Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Hey, everybody. All right, we have two weeks left in our Live the Life series out of Ephesians. And today we come to a passage that on the surface, it's not what you expect. We're talking about slaves and masters. And without context, it doesn't sound right. And that's true sometimes with the Bible, right? We just hear the message and it's like, uh, something seems wrong about that. But once we dig in a little bit, it starts to make sense. So let's read this and then see what God might be saying to us. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each of you, each one, for whatever good they do, whether they're slave or free and masters. Treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. All right, here's the context. Paul addresses a group of people who are stuck in a very sorry work situation, far worse than what you might be stuck in. These followers of Jesus Christ were slaves. And God has put laws, you see, and responsibilities into place to make relationships operate at their optimum level. Now, Part of living that life, living the life, God says, is learning to respect authority. And last week, we looked at authority in the home, and this week, we're going to look at relationships in the workplace. All right, slavery in the Roman world was not the same as the slavery that once existed in this country. For one thing, it was not based on race. Rather, people became slaves in many ways by birth, parents sold or abandoned their children, captivity and war inability to pay debts. Some even volunteered to be slaves to better their lot in life. I mean, imagine that. Second, the work of a slave varied. Many worked labor-intense jobs, of course, in the fields, the mines, home, but others held highly skilled positions in medicine and accounting. And the last difference that I will mention was the common practice of the Romans to release slaves rather than forcing them to serve in perpetuity. In fact, many slaves gained their freedom by the age of 30. So Paul's instruction is, in any work environment, everybody must learn how to work with others. If you're under authority, why then obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart. But if you have authority, do not threaten, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no favoritism with him. Now, Paul's point is, serve Christ where you are. Wait, why is Paul addressing slaves at all? Shouldn't he be calling for an overthrow of the entire inhumane system? Does the Bible, I mean, does God condone slavery? No. In fact, all through the Bible, God is against slavery. It's a horrible thing. But God recognizes that it has historically been a condition of life that is a reality for many. So while God never condones slavery, he opposes it. He does address it as a point of fact in a condition that exists on our planet, especially in the Roman Empire when this was written. Now imagine being a slave and hearing that following Christ can be done in all social systems. 
Paul is very careful not to confuse the social system with the spiritual order in the church. You see, it's one thing to set out to change the social order, and it's another to live like Christ within the context of any given social structure while making every effort to bring about reform. In fact, we find the Apostle Paul encouraging slaves to take hold of their freedom if they have an opportunity, 1 Corinthians 7.21. He asked, were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. See, Paul doesn't advocate slavery, but rather recognizes it as a social reality. It's significant that Paul addresses slaves and their masters equally because it implies their, their spiritual equality before God. He calls for a spiritual revolution rather than a bloody revolution. See, instead of preaching rebellion, Paul called slaves to live in a way that would distinguish them as followers of Jesus and would plant the seeds of the gospel, which is the real power to bring about true systemic change. So what does God say to someone who finds themselves in a situation that causes them to lack the basic freedom we believe that they deserve? He says, be free. Just because you don't have the freedom on the outside doesn't mean that you can't have freedom on the inside. If you can't get it out there, at least be free in here, in your mind, in your heart. While someone may be controlling your circumstance, you can control your attitude. While someone else may be limiting your choices, you can still choose. You can choose to be a slave in your mind or you can choose to be free to serve God in your situation. It's up to you. And I know some of you are thinking, that's not fair. It's not right. I don't want God to help me accept my circumstances. I want God to change my circumstances. But, but see, when we're free to accept our circumstances, God is free to change them. And until we learn to accept where we are, I fully believe we're not ready to accept what's next, what we say we want. Now, let's do a quick review. The key to respecting authority is in Ephesians 5, 18 and verse 21. It's where he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, since we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we can act like Christ in everything. We can respect those who are in authority and we can lead others as Christ would. So if you're an employee, and a Christ follower, you have to let the filling of the Spirit lead you to obey your boss respectfully. And if you are in authority, remember that you will answer to the Lord for the way you treat your employees. See, in Christ, we are free, free to choose what is right. In this letter, we're first reminded who we are in Christ, and then we are called to live the life. Now today, unfortunately, we are all too often encouraged to sue or to get back at folks. And we're called though, however, from the word of God to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. You know, Jesus modeled this for us perfectly. Although he held all power, chose for the sake of his mission to endure incredibly awful suffering. Now he's our Lord, the one we're following, but Jesus was made a prisoner, falsely accused. He was imprisoned and tortured. He was humiliated, spit on, mocked, and murdered, even though he was an innocent man. You see, the ultimate injustice happened to him. It doesn't get any worse than what Jesus went through. 
to be beaten almost to death and then hung basically naked on a cross in front of all of your neighbors. That's as low as you can get. And unlike most of us, well, Jesus had the power to change his situation. But interestingly, Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, something very interesting. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. He says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And then down in verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, at Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That last phrase is exactly what we're talking about. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. You see, Jesus entrusted himself to his father's will. Another time he said to Pilate, you would have no authority over me except what is given by my father. See, submitting to authority is not easy. So then my question is, how can we do it? How can we, how can we submit? Submit first to God in heaven and then to the one in authority over you on the earth. Rather than rising up to stage a revolt or take things into our own hands, what if we just trust that we are in God's hands, particularly when it comes to our jobs. You know, I've had a lot of jobs, paper route, ranch hand, fast food, catering, door-to-door sales, landscaping, even cleaned public toilets, pastor, CEO, and many, many more jobs. And it's easy in all of those roles to forget who we're really working for. You see, we work for the Lord. We can say the reason I'm here early, the reason I stay late, the reason I do what needs to be done, and then some, it's not you, boss. It's him. It's for him. So whatever you do, do it for Jesus. Wherever you're employed, wherever you're working, it's not about what you do. It's about who you're doing it for. Your boss may be the devil, but you work for Jesus. You know, life isn't always fair. And despite our best efforts, humans fail to provide perfect justice. Would you agree? But God never does. So instead of fighting each other, let's trust God and he'll make it right. What God is trying to help us understand in this passage is this. Life isn't about where you're at. It's about where you're going. Life isn't about what you're doing. It's about what you're doing it for. Life isn't about what happens to you. It's about what you do when it happens to you. Because life is about trusting God who judges justly and watching what he can do with a life fully placed in his hands. That's living the life worthy of the calling. And I don't know what you're, gonna, you're going through right now, what pain you might be enduring, what hardship you may be facing, what injustice you may be up against. And those are all real. But I do know that God has a plan to use that pain for your gain if you will trust him. I'm sure many of the slaves listening to Paul's letter being read were asking, where is the motivation to give anything more than the absolute minimum? You see, it didn't matter if they exceeded their owner's expectations. They were going to wake up the next day with no more rights than they had the day before. Maybe, just maybe, you find yourself in a situation that's similarly very frustrating. You know the only payoff for being employee of the year is a cheap plaque with your name on it. 
Why invest your very best in something that can feel soul-crushing at times and offer so little payoff? Well, Paul says, well, let me tell you why. Because you will be rewarded for the work you do. And maybe not by those who employ you, but definitely by the one who rules over you. Amen? And God knows what's best, and he does it. He allows stuff to happen in our lives, and that may not be ideal, but it's always there for a reason. And even when we can't see a reason, he has a plan to work it for our good if we trust him. And he has a plan to reward us eternally for any sacrifices or hardship we endured for his sake. Just think about that. There is justice, just not always here. See, he's got a plan. Just wait. In Ephesians chapter 6, he continues in verse 7 and 8. He says, that's why I want you to serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. How exactly will God reward those who bring their A game to the workplace every day? Will he orchestrate a pay raise or a promotion maybe, uh, a new opportunity with a better company? Maybe, but maybe not. That's not Paul's concern. Paul is pointing to a far greater and more lasting reward. You see, in some way, God is going to reward us in the next life for the good we do in this life. Not because we deserve it, but because he's a God of grace and mercy. This promise of eternal compensation should be all the motivation that we need to be and to do our very best in the workplace every minute of every day. And this applies whether you're at the bottom of the totem pole or uh, at the top. Paul not only challenged slaves and employees to bring their A-game, he also challenged those in charge to do the very same. In verse 9, he says, Masters, I want you to treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. Masters, bosses, employers, those of you who have authority over people, remember who you work for. Whether you're a CEO, a district manager, or a head person in charge of maintenance, you are to distinguish yourself as a follower of Jesus Christ by treating those who serve under your leadership the way you desire to be treated. At all times and in all ways, practice the golden rule. Since you don't want an employee speaking disrespectfully of your leadership, don't belittle him or her ever. Take time to recognize and appreciate the work of your employees since you know how good it feels to have others appreciate your efforts. See, Paul says a follower of Jesus Christ should never be guilty of leading by intimidations. Masters, he says, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten or intimidate them. You know, typically, bosses who treat their employees this way do it because they believe their position or title or salary makes them more important. And maybe to the company they are, maybe they're more important. But to the one who rules the, the, the very universe, they are no more important than anyone else. And that's his point. Paul reminds us, at the end of the day, verse 9, do not threaten them because you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no favoritism with him. Imagine if we all went back to our jobs, to our stations in life, and we said, all right, God, I'm working for you. 
I'm not doing this for a paycheck. I'm not doing this for the applause of men, but I am living for the audience of one. And while I may not be exactly where I want to be, I'm going to trust you right now where I am. It's just like Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. See, if we lived this out, not only would it change our lives, but I think we would change the world. Now, what does that mean for me? Well, it means right now, regardless of my circumstance, I have an opportunity to submit to God right where I'm at. Am I? In each of our lives, there are things that we can't control, things we don't like, things that aren't fair. When, when people do us wrong, am I going to take things into my own hands? That's the question. Or do I, am I going to trust God enough to put my life into his hands? Life is all about trusting God. So for employees, here are some simple application questions for today. Do you trust him? How can you be a better employee? Just ask yourself, do I need to stop wasting time on the job? Do I need to offer a higher quality of work? Do I need to stop criticizing or mocking my boss behind his or her back? Do I need to be more of a team player to advance the mission of the organization? In other words, what is the Holy Spirit calling you to do or change to better reflect your commitment to Christ in the workplace? Let me encourage you to share the answers that you come up with with a friend. It'll be helpful for helping you to remember the commitment you've made. Now, for those of you who manage people, I don't care whether it's you manage one person or a thousand, here are some simple application questions for you this week. How can you treat those uh, under your authority better? Is there anyone that you need to apologize to for being unfair or too harsh? Most people are at least a little bit intimidated by their boss simply because they hold their future in their hands to some degree. Now, what can you do to break down that wall of intimidation? You may be the boss, but you also have a boss, and it's Jesus Christ. Live like it, act like it, and talk like it. You're not just in authority, you're under authority. So lead humbly, and in everything, Live in submission to the Lord because just like they're accountable to you, well, you're accountable to him. And maybe you've been wanting and waiting on God to change something, do something, to fix something. Is it possible that while you're waiting on him to change something, well, he's been waiting on you to change something, your heart? And maybe the only thing keeping you from what God has for you is you, your attitude. Your heart is holding you back from all that God has for you. And you're whining, maybe, where you should be worshiping. So stop whining. Start worshiping. Entrust yourself to God. He's got this. This is the kind of life you've been invited into the kind of life that Christ lived. See, he suffered everything that came his way so you and I would know that it could be done and also know how to do it. Step by step, Jesus let God set things right. I like that plan. Let me pray for you. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for the word, the power of the word that reminds us 
that we are filled with your spirit, that we are called to be men and women who serve you right where we are. Father, I pray for those who uh, have an employer. They work for somebody. I don't know if, uh, whether they like them or whether they are frustrated by them. I pray, Father, that you will help us to bring glory to you in the work we do every single day. And I pray it, that we'll not just do it for a day, but we will do it for the rest of our life. We trust you with our life. And for those, Father, who are uh, in authority, they're, they're over somebody, they have somebody or a lot of somebodies who work for them. I pray, Father, you will help them to be gracious, that they will always be fully aware that while they are somebody's boss, they also have a boss. I pray, Father, that we will not lead by intimidation, that we will lead by love. And I pray, Father, that the way we lead will glorify you. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray and I say, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.